Avast there. It be too late to alter course, mateys. Gentlemen, boys and girls, the Disney MGM Studios proudly presents WDW Radio, your information station. Hello everybody and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 326 for the week of June 9th, 2013. I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you some Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast, my videos, blog, live broadcasts, events, my Walt Disney World trivia books, CDs, and more. You can find it all over at www.radio.com. And this week's podcast is brought to you by audible.com, where you can get a free audio book download at audibletrial.com slash radio. There's more than 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or any MP3 player, including tons of Disney books. Again, you can sign up for free over at audibletrial.com slash Radio. So this week, I'm going to open up the inbox and answer more of your questions on the air about everything from the lost New Orleans Resort in Walt Disney World, Castaway Key, watching wishes from outside the Magic Kingdom, ADRs, getting groceries to your resort, Illuminations Cruises, Disneyland, and more. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned as I have some announcements and then play more of your voicemails at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. One of the main reasons why I started the show was to not just share my passion for all things Disney with you, but really to help you get the most out of your Walt Disney World vacation experience by learning more and understanding and really being able to pick out some of the stories and details and overlooked experiences you may have missed along the way. And I also love being able to help you individually as well as sort of a, as, as a community because I think the best way to give you help by hearing and answering questions directly from you and sharing them with others here on the show because chances are other people probably have very similar questions to you as well. So joining me once again as we open up the inbox is someone else who loves helping people plan and enjoy their vacations as well. She thinks roughing it on vacation means there's no hot towels in the concierge lounge, but happy hour is 23 hours long. She is Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Dot com. Wow. Well, at least you, you finally got it right. That's, that's very true. The, <laughs> Everything whole, I said in that sentence was completely accurate. Whole, <laughs> you know, I, I will own that. I will so so own that. I, I do enjoy the 
the the happier places that have the finer <laughs> things. <laughs> <laughs> and there is nothing. Listen, there is nothing wrong. And you know, we should maybe do a show one day about luxury. You know, sort yeah. of going to luxury travel to Walt Disney World and Disneyland and Alani. Yeah. <gasps> no, wait a minute. Better yet, we'll do a research trip, luxury travel to Tokyo Disney Sea. I'm in for that. <laughs> I I am so in for that. I'll tell you what. Why don't we do the two spectrums? And I'll do the first class flight and the and the you know the high class hotel. And you can do you can do Disney on a budget. I'll do luxury vacationing, and we'll we'll compare notes. How's Strike that? that reverse. Let's wait. That's what we'll do. We'll. It's called <laughs> Lou and Becky see how the other half lives. You go economy, and I'll travel like Becky. That will be an inter- that's a video waiting to don't, happen right don't there. We have, don't we have a lot of emails to get to? And I, I think, think we'll. I, you know what? We'll see what people think about that suggestion. They can feel free to email me <laughs> and let me know. All right, let's get right into the questions. We have a ton of emails in the inbox. And listen, if you have a question. You want answer on the show, whether it's about an upcoming vacation, Walt Disney World history, details, stories, whatever it may be, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com. We'll answer them on the show. And our first question comes from Nolans, Louisiana. It's Roseanne, Rosanna Dana. No, it's Rosanna Rabelais. And I probably pronounced that wrong, but it looks like Rabelais to me. She says, hey, Lou, I have a question for you. Is it true, or do you know, if Walt once looked for some land in New Orleans when looking for a site for Walt Disney World. Love the show. Thank you, Roseanne, Rosanna Dana. So, uh, you know, <laughs> one of these days we'll do a uh, sort of a Wayback Machine segment on some of the locations that Walt and the Disney company looked at before they settled on Central Florida. Because I think a lot of us know the stories of St. Louis uh, and some other locations, other locations even in Florida as well. And New Orleans was one of the places that they did consider. And it was actually a place that Walt Disney personally visited when he was working on Song of the South. And obviously that love of New Orleans and the culture and the music, and I'm sure Walt also loved the food, uh, clearly inspired New Orleans streets before uh, New Orleans Square over in Disneyland inspired French Quarter here in Walt Disney World. Um, We'll talk more about, there's a lot of connections actually to Walt and Disney and New Orleans and actually Walt Disney World, right? right so, gonna, d- go ahead. I was going to say, even for Disneyland, because didn't Walt bring back a whole bunch of antiques from New Orleans that are now or were in Club 33 at one point? He did. And, and, all right, here's a trivia question for you. Oh, no. See, what, I, I, I step in it every this. time. <laughs> what relatively recent Disney animated film held its premiere in the Superdome? Uh, Come on, this is the frog. There you go. Very good. Okay. (laughs) You are good on the Google. You are good on the Google. But did you also know three feet away from the the keyboard to say it? Did you also know about the New Orleans themed hotel that was planned for Walt Disney World? And I do not mean Port Orleans French Quarter. I did not know that. So uh, in what is now downtown Disney, near what is currently Fulton's Crab House, originally known as the Empress Lily, there was actually supposed to be a New Orleans-themed resort. So I want you to sort of picture this, if you will. We know what Disney Springs is coming, but so let's go backwards a little bit. Plans actually were underway at one point to extend the monorail, right? And there was actually a, a, a scale model showing the Walt Disney World Village that had offices, a lot more shopping, and a monorail station, as well as a people mover, Right, just help sort of guest guests from one side to the other, but the area by the Empress Lily would have been very much sort of um, 
not a copy, but inspired by, to a certain degree, New Orleans Square in Disneyland, right? So the, the, there was a story that they created. So the Empress Lily had just pulled up to this dock in New Orleans to unload passengers and cargo, and across the plaza would be this magnificent, very ornate, very detailed resort, shopping on the lower levels, guest rooms on the upper levels, right? And there was a lot of concept art. There were models built. But because of things like the economy, this resort... Uh, Buffalo Junction, Cypress Point, some of the other ones we've talked about in the past, um, really sort of inspired by sort of the the impetus was from Michael Eisner and Frank Wells. Um, these concepts were supposed to happen, but because of the economy and other things, the New Orleans themed resort was canceled. Although obviously they took that sort of inspiration and found a home over at Port Orleans. And as long as there's beignets, then everything's good. <laughs> <laughs> beignets and and some spirited jazz music, I'm all good. And some spirits. Know? And so that's that's where I thought you were going. Well, that was for later. I was holding off on that for later. Let's start I don't with the sweets, the, and we'll move to the alcohol. Yeah, it, the 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 mint julep, not the melon ball, was inspired by New Orleans. <laughs> so, so there you go. There's a brief history of the New Orleans themed resort, and I think I've done a couple of articles about uh, Cypress Point and Buffalo Junction, and uh, I'll have to write one up. Where we'll do a show about some of the other lost resorts of Walt Disney World as well, too. So, great question. Cool. Probably not the exact answer you were looking for, but. I have a tendency to go a little tangential sometimes. So Yeah, think. All right. Uh, <laughs> CJ Boat, if that's your real name, says, hey, Lou, and maybe Becky. I was wondering, my wife is getting gastric sleeve surgery. It's more an advanced version of the bypass. And she's curious how Walt Disney World is going to handle adults ordering from the kids' menus or sharing with either kids or adults Giving these circumstances, two things Becky Mankin doesn't do mm-hmm. is order from the kids' menu and or share with children. Wow. However, anyway, however, uh-huh. <laughs> my uh, my it's answer is twofold. It's gonna listen. We're having fun. Nobody has more uh-huh. fun than us. Uh, this is no problem. Obviously, at a counter service restaurant, you could order off the kids menu, the adults menu. If you go to a table service restaurant, you just need to explain to them. I think your situation, um, and I think it shouldn't be a problem there because normally they don't want adults ordering off the kids menu. But I think if you explain the sort of medical reasons why they'll either right. adjust or they'll give you smaller portions or whatever it may be. Right. And a lot of uh, patients that do go through this type of surgery, their surgeon gives them a little ID card that indicates that they've had this type of surgery so that they can uh, help explain to chefs and, and, uh, and different restaurants what their, their needs are for, uh, for food. So if you do get one of those cards, bring it along with you. In, in most cases, based on the restaurant, they will allow you to order off the kid's menu or even pay a lower cost for the buffet if you've got you know, that, that little card. But obviously, if you speak with them too, you might run into that uh, same scenario. Just be sure to have that conversation with your doctor, too, on what you can eat. Um, and then advise Disney when you make your reservations on the restrictions so that when you arrive, uh, you can also speak to the chef to make sure that you get the best selections for what's going to fit the, the scenario. And another alternative, CJ, is you both order off the adult's menu. You order something different, and you just finish whatever she doesn't want to eat. So you can get the steak, she can get the jambalaya, and it's a win-win for CJ. That works. <laughs> <laughs> sharing. Right. See, there is some sharing going on here. Always. Hello. I'm all about the sharing. And by sharing, uh-huh. I mean being able to eat off other people's plates so I can sample <laughs> the food as well, too. All right. Our buddy Steve Medina says, Lou, I was looking at an aerial view of Castaway Key on Google Earth and noticed that barely 5% of the entire island is being used. So that brought up the obvious question, are there any plans to develop the island further? What would you do? If you had total artistic freedom to do whatever you wanted 
to Castaway mm-hmm. Key? This, uh, this question definitely has to go out to the listeners. Mm-hmm. Thanks to the awesome podcast, Steve Medina. So, Becky, I, I think it's probably a safe assumption, right? We, we don't want to sort of speculate. We don't, you know, Disney hasn't formally announced anything, but I think it's, it's probably clear that at some point Disney is going to expand the offerings on Castaway Key as they have done since it originally opened. Right. Well, right now there's only, I think, 55 of the approximately, what is it, 1,000 acres or so that are currently developed. And at that point, it costs like $25 million or something to get it where it is today. So any expansion, of course, is going to cost a lot of money. But, you know, honestly, I personally, I hope that they keep as much of the natural beauty as they have for us in the wildlife. and Natural not- beauty? Yes. Wait a second. The cabanas are not naturally there. Disney had to actually build those. That's the only That's- natural beauty you've seen on Castaway <laughs> Key. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair point. However, <laughs> I, I do like the idea, though, that it, it is kind of kept as that little paradise with, um, yes, with the natural beauty that if you go on the hike, you can go see some of it, which I know <laughs> you have. A hike? Yes. A golf cart is not a hike. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Anyway, I hope it's not too fully developed. I hope that they do kind of expand a few things, but not a lot of it. But what I do wish they would do, honestly, I wish that they would come up with an option for us or uh, on an itinerary to dock there overnight. Yeah, right. Because how cool. overnight stay was the first thing yeah. that I thought of. Yeah, because you wouldn't have to, you know, obviously have hotel rooms because you've got one, a floating hotel right there. And, you know, could you imagine doing like a, a, a nighttime um, that was good. Are you having a little bit of a storm issue over there? <laughs> I live in central Florida. That sound you heard was lightning. I'm leaving it in. Keep going. Wow. <laughs> okay. Now that we know that um, if, if all of a sudden you're gone, then we, we know, know why. You, it was great yeah. knowing you. That was a loud one. Anyway, um, if it could dock overnight, it'd be cool to like do, you know, a, a, a big bonfire and have uh, an evening around the yeah an evening around the bar would be great (laughs) (laughs) i mean there's all kinds of cool things that you could do with the with the island at night so if they could do it night or that'd be cool we very much rather say you know i the first thing i thought about was nighttime look my favorite time of day or evening is dusk and sunset so imagine being on the beach uh, on Castaway Key, looking out over the horizon, the dream or the fantasy in the distance and watching the sunset, being there with someone or some people that you love. Becky, in your case, it would be a melon ball. And in the evening, right? So imagine like they have a kid's camp or when there's a storyteller around the campfire. They could have some sort of, dare I say, if maybe upscale or waterfront nighttime dining. Right. Imagine oh. how nice that would be, like right on the water there. Entertainment and music. And I mean, they could really do some incredible, incredible things there. And that would be fun. So, yeah, okay, I want to I want to hear from the listeners. I would love for them yeah. to come by the show notes over at WDWRadio.com. Click on this week's podcast. Leave your thoughts about what you would do or what you would add to Castaway Can. One of these days in the show, Becky, I'm going to tell you the story about the, the day, the evening that I met the person who used to own Gorda Key and sold it to Disney. That's not the drug runner, right? <laughs> no, he's not a drug runner. He's a philanthropist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but not the, that's the one after the people who were using it. Yes, for, yes. For Originally, right. Because, you know, you say it half-jokingly, but it did. It, it was sort of yeah. a, uh, a stop. And if you look at the runway that takes you over to the adult section, if you look really carefully, and I'm not sure if you can see this from a, a Google Earth or a Bing map, uh, there are patches on the runway. Because what they used to do 
was the government used to blow holes in the runways so the planes couldn't land, so the drug planes couldn't land there, and so they right. patched over them in, in little sections. Yeah, and of course the runway is how I get to the cabana on the adult beach. <laughs> <laughs> Because you don't like hiking, nature, and or children. So hey. Wow. Seriously? <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. Because listen, Ray Peavy. I'm so Peavy, glad that I'm going to be seeing you soon because I'm going to slap you at least three times for this one. Okay, Ray Peavy or Pevy? From, he, look, he's from Birmingham, Alabama. He's got a very important question. He says, Lou, with I, Bob Iger's departure from the Disney company coming soon, it led me to think of a couple of questions. We know that Michael Eisner's uh, legacy for Walt Disney World was bringing us things like the studios and Animal Kingdom, obviously um, also the Crescent Lake area, or so many resort expansion as well, too. Uh, he says, so what will Bob Iger be remembered for bringing to Walt Disney World or to Disney during his tenure? Also, who's likely to step in to take the reins and what problems or ideas could they address and correct? This is a, this is a show in and of itself. Thanks wow. for everything you do. I listen every week. Have a great day. Ray, I think this is a great question. It's one that I have talked about before, specifically in light of the most recent large acquisition. Look, I, I think Michael... Uh, Bob Iger's legacy is summed up in, in one word, and it's acquisitions. Because yeah. during his tenure, you've got Marvel, Avatar, Pixar, Luke, Star Wars. Uh, and I think, and my feeling about Bob Iger is, and I'm not comparing him to, I'm analogizing him to, like Walt Disney, he brings together, he brings into the fold the people who are the very best in the business. Walt did that with animators and artists and composers and designers. Uh, Bob is doing the Bob, like we're on a first name basis. Bob is doing that with <laughs> entire companies, right? And bringing yeah. in storytellers like Cameron and Lasseter and everyone involved at Lucas's. Lucas creating these perfect marriages. And, and I think that's, to me, that's what Bob Iger's legacy is. And I completely agree. The only things that, or not the only, the first things that come to mind when I'm thinking about the tenure and what he's done for the company. And each each person that's taken the reins has, of course, brought something new and exciting to the table um, or saved it in, in some areas. This one was, like you said, all about acquisitions. Marvel, Star Wars, you know, nice work, pal. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're, we definitely have uh, a company that um, has a lot more possibilities when, when he walks out the door. And it's, it's pretty exciting to see what they're going to do with it going forward. Yeah, and in, in terms of who's going to step in, we don't know. You know, we, we have yeah. a couple of years before that happens. You know, it certainly seems like Tom Staggs would be the, the next in line, but one never knows. One never knows. So, And in terms of uh, problems or ideas, you know, who knows what, you know, what some of the things that, that Bob Iger champions, how that focus may shift or how that may continue depending on who steps in afterwards. So we'll know more as we get closer. Yeah. Uh, before we move on, I just want to add that I'm looking out my window and it's sunny and beautiful and I think it's going to be like 74 degrees up here in Seattle. What do you got going on over there besides <laughs> somebody bowling? Listen, um. <laughs> I love, I love the, the thunder and the lightning and the rainstorm. I think there is something, I, I, I know you think I'm a freak, I think there was something wow. very uh, romantic about that. I think I love the sound, of, and I can sit outside and, and listen to the thunder and watch the lightning. So, yeah, I'm a hopeless romantic. Listen, sitting on Castaway Key at night while it rains at sunset. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. All right. <laughs> Dear Lou, I've been a listener for your show for a very, very long time. I want to thank you for all that you do. Thank you for listening. My parents and I are planning on making the trip down to Walt Disney World for our 14th time at the end of the summer. And in anticipation... 
I have re-downloaded 141 radio pod, WW Radio podcast to help build the anticipation and memories about the parks and fill up my iPod. I really enjoy the DSIs, thoroughly enjoy the seven wonders of Walt Disney World, hence the downloading sporadically all the way back to episode three. Quick sidebar, the seven wonders of Walt Disney World is a segment that a number of segments I did really going back probably to uh, 2005, 2006. We're going to have to revisit that. Look at our, the new Seven Wonders of Walt Disney World. See if they've changed it all. Anyway, my parents I guess we're download those. Go back go and uh, listen. If he's going back to episode three, he may be okay. horrified at what he, what he hears at the, at the difference in, uh, in quality, hopefully. But anyway, let's go on. Listen, Lou, my parents and I have the Disney dining plan, which I love, and we'll be ending our trip at the Magic Kingdom. No better place to end, I think. You end where it all began. I'm 24 years old, so obviously my parents are of age as well are of age. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> that's not very old, all right? We wanted to leave the Magic Kingdom and take the monorail to one of the resorts for dinner and luck, Becky, drinks. We could not get ADRs for Ohana, so we settled on Kona Cafe. Not a t Listen, that is not a bad settle at all. I was really hoping to catch wishes across the Seven Seas Lagoon. Do you have any tips to catch wishes outside of the park besides the California Grill? Thanks again, and that comes from Tom Riley. So, Tom, you are in the right place at the right time. You go to Kona Cafe, you get a boatload, literally a boatload of sushi, like the volcano rolls or the things, and that oh, the phenomenal Hawaiian bread with the honey butter with the macadamia nuts in it, and you stay there. I don't mean at Kona Cafe. Eventually, you need to leave. But you go outside to the Polynesian beach, you grab a hammock, you grab a beach chair, you grab a cocktail, or you grab... Someone, which hopefully you actually know, and you enjoy wishes and and the electrical water pageant right from the Polynesian beach. Yep. The beach of the Poly is my second favorite location to watch wishes if you don't count the fireworks cruises. But you've missed one thing. Either before or after, you have to stop at the Tambu Lounge because... <laughs> I, I know <laughs> that's where you're going. Well, because that is the lounge that has that, that still is serving things that are, you know, featuring items that are off the normal menu now that's across property. You can still get the cool Island Sunset and the Lapu-Lapu the and the Back Scratcher. The back scratcher. The, get the Back uh, Scratcher yeah. just for the Bamboo Back Scratcher. You can give <sighs> well, Becky the drink and just keep the Back Scratcher for yourself. Yeah, because later on you might have to hit somebody with the Back Scratcher. That's, that's the only reason I'm going to get that drink next time I'm there, so I'm armed. Uh, let me um, just, but, my legal disclaimer, the Back Scratcher is not intended to be used as a weapon. Just so okay. it's just making it's simply sure. to scratch backs. But the, there's another one, the macaw, that I I get every time I'm there because of course there's Midori, which is awesome. But that's the the one lounge that's awesome because you can sit there and you can have these wonderful tropical drinks with umbrellas, and it's not the exact same um, drinks that you get at other locations. So you got to go to the lounge. So do it pre or post. But like you said, the beach at the Polynesian, perfect place to watch wishes from. Quick aside, my only one disappointment is that the the, um, the Tambu Lounge is now much smaller because they sort of took a lot of that seating area and it's now sort of a queue area for Ohana. So the lounge yeah. itself is, is is relatively small, but you're right, a lot of the. And by the way, when you go there for drinks, even if you don't eat at Konum, they have an awesome appetizer menu there yeah, at the bar. Yeah, they do. We've talked about uh, some of the, the the lounge food, and we'll have to do. I've done a live restaurant review of Territory Lounge at Wilderness Lodge. Becky, That's next time you're here, join me at, Tam at the Tambu Lounge. Appetizers and drinks sponsored by Mouse Fan Travel. We'll do that.
I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in. As soon as I say drinks, I got her. All right. Pretty much, Uh, The next question comes from Brandon Brinkman from Leander, Texas. He says, hey, Lou, I'm relatively new to the show and website, but doing my best to get caught up by listening to as many of the past podcasts as I can fit into my work days. I, I and my family are lifelong Disney fans and always look forward to our trips to Walt Disney World. We took our now six-year-old son when he was two, good parenting, and are planning to go back next summer, this 2013, when our second son is two. So here's my question. I want to surprise my wife with an awesome spa day experience. You just made women swoon, by the way. Price is a consideration, so I can't shoot for the whole moon, but maybe half a moon will suffice. I plan on taking the boys off her hands for a day or half a day as long as it takes to get her pampered in every way she deserves. You are either a good man or you just got in trouble. So (laughs) what (laughs) recommendations do you have for this? Keep in mind, I do need to consider price. I'm also looking for the best place for her to go at the best price. Thanks for taking the time to answer me back. Thanks for all you do to bring the Walt Disney World magic to those of us who can only travel out there once every few years. So Brandon, I love this. Uh, wives are are swooning. Men are going great. Now I got to do the spa thing for my wife as well too. Uh, believe it or not, Becky Mankin, I, I dig the spas. Right, so you've got the new Census Spa over at the Grand Floridian. But I'm going to give you my hidden spa gem, and I think a great place at a great price, and it's over at the Walt Disney World Dolphin, the Mandara Spa, is really nice. And what I love about this, Becky, is not just sort of the offerings that they have there, but I, I love the theming. It's very, it has sort of a, a, a Balinese style. So there's this sort of Asian meditation garden and this little temple and gardens inside. It's, it's a very sort of exotic feeling retreat. So we talk about these experiences in Walt Disney World where you feel as though you are no longer in a theme park or a resort hotel. You walk into this this tea ceremony bale and this Asian temple and there's, a, there's, there's look, if you want to go with her, there's sort of, couples retreat and there's a salon um they're about probably the same prices it depends you know check before you go um you can you can obviously go to walt disney world go to walt disney world swan and dolphin uh online or mandaraspa.com to get a list of the prices it's probably comparable to census spa but i think for the type of experience you may want to center on this is something that she would really really enjoy and remember Oh, yeah. Anytime you say the word spa, are you kidding me? <laughs> and they, they got some really great experiences, too. They have both the uh, Mandara Spa and Sensa Spa, um, they have spa sampler packages that you can get for relatively a good price, given the amount of time that you spend in for samplers. And uh, you can also get pre-purchased gift certificates, too, online, too. So she doesn't have to worry about getting out the credit card if you want to do it that way. Or, of course, just get the old, good old Disney uh, gift cards if you're going to uh, one of the, the census spot at the Grand Floridian. Or, of course, the one over at Saratoga is reopening this summer, too. Yeah. Yep. And um, I hear that that's going to be absolutely beautiful when the renovations are done over there. We may have to go to the spa. You know, every time you promise this stuff and it never comes to fruition. Here's a, so. this, this, is, this is a serious question for you. And I, mm-hmm. and I bet this might actually help out Brandon. Would you rather have a dollar amount gift certificate to a spa or say, hey, baby, listen, I just booked you the hot stone shiatsu massage therapy tea facial chocolate sauce. Th- Would you rather have <laughs> a, them somebody pick it for you or just give you a gift certificate for the spa itself? Ooh, well, you know what? 
I think, um, well, that's a really good question. That's a really good question because the samplers are good because you can then when you get there decide what you want to do in the sampler because some people are are facial people, some aren't, some people are massage people, some people aren't. So if you booked a, a sampler package and let them choose, which would probably once they get there would probably be the best scenario. I'll have to, uh, I think that the last time I went, maybe the only time I went to a spa was when we were in Aulani and I did the uh -huh. video and I got the hot stone. Oh man. I felt like just moving in. That was nice. <laughs> that was nice. That was fun. That really definitely was a, uh, a fun day. All right. Now I'm thinking about spas and Asian temples, but let's move on because Don Handerhan, Handerhan says, Lou, my family and I are staying at Bay Lake Tower in October. Very nice. We need to get groceries we want to from Winn-Dixie on a Popka Vineland Road. Do you know of a way to find out what a taxi would cost? I have to know the amount to rent a car for 24 hours. I tried with the Google. No help. I want to go to the market rather than have it delivered. So any help would be great. So, yeah, I mean, that, that was going to be my first thing was a lot of the grocery stores in the area will deliver, but you want to actually go there. Uh, because you're staying at Bay Lake Tower, uh, I have another suggestion for you, which I think is going to be closer, have much better prices than Winn-Dixie, has a much better selection, and is like a five-minute ride. And there's a, a brand new Publix on Route 535 in Windermere, which is just north of the Magic Kingdom. It's beautiful. It's brand new. They have everything that you need. You're not going to pay some of the higher prices that you might pay if you went to like a Goodings down by the crossroads or some of the other places closer to property. It's really meant more so for locals, but I love Publix. I love, I live at Publix. I'm I was going to say, fan. it sounds like you spent a lot of time there. <laughs> I love, listen, I'm a simple man, Becky. I love going to Publix, especially when they're sampling all the different food that you can cook for dinner. And the bakery, oh, listen, if you live in Florida, listen, move to Florida just for Publix. Disney is a bonus. <laughs> but move for Publix. The bakery is phenomenal. So Okay. It's on 535 in Windermere. So there you go. And all the locals are now mad at me that I just told them about the, <laughs> the Publix in Windermere. All right. Uh, <laughs> Tim Smith, who lives in Colorado, says, hey, Lou, I have a question. Hypothetically, let's say I've made an ADR at a restaurant that follows the new reservation policy, i.e. the credit card guarantee. Now, let's say, for example, my reservation is for four people, but only two people show up at the ADR. Would I still get charged the $10 per person for the two no-shows? Thanks for time. Thanks for taking the time to read and respond. So just, Becky, as, as a quick bit of background, there are some restaurants, sit-down restaurants, that now require a credit card guarantee. This way, if you don't show up, in order to ensure that you either show up or cancel, they will charge your credit card $10 per person for any of the no-shows. But here's a scenario where we have the reservation, we're keeping it, but only a couple of people don't come. Do you think that they would still charge the no-show fee? It, it's been my experience that as long as somebody shows up for that reservation, um, they have never charged the, the fee. So if you have two people out of four, there is for four, two people show up, they've never charged for the other two people. As long as somebody long comes somebody up, goes, obviously. Yeah. yeah. As long as, you know, I have to throw out the caveat that Disney can change that at any time. So uh, as of right now, I have never seen anybody be charged a fee as long as somebody showed up for the res. All right. I, I agree wholeheartedly. And Tim, look, if they give you grief, just tell them Becky Menken from Mimi and Mouse Fan Travel said, they told me I would not get charged. <laughs> <laughs> On Lou Mangello's show. <laughs> 
All right. Next question is from is from Rachel from Pennsylvania, not Rachel from Friends. She says, hey, Lou, I love to listen to your podcast while at my desk working. I'm sure your boss is excited about that as well, too. It always makes the time go faster, gives me a little bit of the world until we get there again. So here's my question. We are regular guests of Walt Disney World. We go once a year, sometimes twice if we can fit it in. This year, we're going to the world to celebrate our 25th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. I have booked, we're going to dig this together, I have booked the Illuminations Cruise to celebrate. Love it. It'll be myself, my husband, and our two daughters. The last time we saw Illuminations was about 10 years ago. My question is, have you ever done this fireworks cruise and a smile comes across my face? If so, (laughs) what did you think of it? How do you feel about the cost? Thank you so much to my Disney guru. And again, that's from Rachel. Rachel, in case you can't tell, I love it. I dig it. I highly, highly recommend it. And Becky, I think it's worth it, too. I think you want to talk about a unique way to view the fireworks, a memorable experience, a great way to celebrate a special occasion just like that. Wholeheartedly recommend the fireworks cruises. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Uh, the it's private and it's personal, and you get a, a tour of the area beforehand, and it's so unique. It's not an experience that you do every day. So, what a great way to celebrate! I, I do. Um, I think I like the wishes cruises over the illuminations for me personally, but the illuminations cruises are really fun and you can also plus up that experience too you can have them decorate the the boat you can have them bring on uh food and beverage for you of course at extra an extra cost wow that was a good one too i personally i want to thank the haunted mansion for the background (laughs) atmosphere in today's show (laughs) but they're on the right track if they're looking for something special uh to commemorate this wonderful milestone of a 25th wedding anniversary they can't go wrong with illuminations cruise yeah, I like it, and I've done both, and I think it probably just depends on which of the fireworks shows you like better or, or how you want to celebrate. I, I, mm-hmm. I like the um, Illuminations because it gives you a very interesting view of not just Crescent Lake and the boardwalk area, but getting uh, out towards World Showcase and you watch everybody up on the, um, on the bridges and, and, and watching Illuminations from there looking down on you guys. It's, you get this, this large or a 25-foot pontoon boat. They pipe the audio in for either wishes or for Illuminations. The price at, as of today, and obviously you need to check, is going to run you about $340, $345. And again, that, that's all you. And again, if you want to add on food and beverage, you can do that through private dining at the Yacht Club. You cannot bring on your own food or beverage on board. But if you want to sort of make that experience even more, like you said, with decorations or balloons, whatever it may be, uh, nobody does it like Disney. So if you've done it, I think it's a really nice gift for you guys to give each other for your anniversary. There you go. Uh, next question is from Dean in Wilmington, North Carolina. He says, hey, Lou, been a long time, first time, long time listener, first time vacation reservation questioner. I've always stayed at the resort hotels in the past when I visit Walt Disney World, but I'm considering trying out the Fort Wilderness campgrounds. Listen, sh- can you hear Becky shuddering at the idea? She said campground. <laughs> hey. I have an RV. Oh, now you're talking Becky's language. And yeah, I've never considered, <laughs> never considered <laughs> staying there before. I'm curious. What are the differences between the different campsites, preferred, premium, standard, etc.? I'm also going to have a vehicle with it, and I was wondering, can I keep the vehicle there near the RV, or will I have to put it in the parking lot? I'm also excited because I know Fort Wilderness has many activities to do other than the parks. 
Also, would you recommend using Becky for this, even though it's not a hotel resort? I've never <laughs> used a travel agent before. <laughs> There's only one way I can answer that. I've never used a travel agent before, but Thanks. I'm kind of ready to try it out after listening to her on the show for so long. I love hearing Becky on your show. I added that part in. I want to just make sure that her and her team can answer all of my specific questions. Lou, once again, thank you for the show. And again, that's from Dean. All right, so Becky, I'm going to answer the question for you first. Of course, you can and should use Becky and her team from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. They can book at any or all of the Walt Disney World Resorts, campgrounds or not. Becky, maybe you can talk a little bit about the differences in the different campsites and what you and your team could do to help Dean and those people are thinking about getting in the family truckster, a la Clark Griswold, and heading out to Fort Wilderness. <laughs> I got to say, I really do enjoy the Fort Wilderness campgrounds. Oh, come on now. Now, now hey, I, I'm not one to sleep in a tent. I do want an RV with electricity because, you know, when you, when you have to have hair dryers and straighteners uh, yeah. and all of the other comforts of home, and air conditioning when you need it, that and, type of thing, right. you know, hey – well, yeah, okay, but <laughs> still, it's, it really is a great option, though, for families who enjoy camping, and they do have all of the creature comforts out there, if you'd like, and that's kind of what the different categories are. So you have the different categories of premium, preferred, what they call a full hookup and a partial, and the premium site, if you're looking for an RV, is pretty much what you're shooting for, because that is what they call kind of big rig friendly. They accommodate RVs, um, and of course, they have the level... Uh, paved pad for you to, to park on. Um, usually with the vehicles, by the way, because I think there was something in, in there about parking a, a vehicle besides, they do have room for one additional vehicle, but many times in the campgrounds, you have a lot of um, uh, a lot of families who all stay together. So if you have additional cars, those need to be parked out at the main lot. But of course, you can take Disney transportation to get into the, the loop or the area that your particular campsite is in. Um, the they feature those bigger premium sites. They feature all the amenities, the water, power, sewer, cable, and you can even um, get access to high-speed internet as well. Plus, they have these upgraded picnic areas and grills. So, I mean, that's a really nice um, location. And even if you just have a tent that you're bringing in, you can still get a premium site if you prefer to have uh, some of those little added features as well. The preferred site pretty much means the location. They are located closer to the settlement trading posts and the marina areas and Pioneer Hall and all of those areas. Um, and then you get, of course, into the preferred campsites. Those wouldn't be for the RV, obviously, but those would include that same thing, power, water, sewer cable, internet access, and, and uh, a little area to set up your tent and so forth. The non-preferreds are located farther from the common areas, so they're farther away from the marina area or uh, Pioneer Hall. And then when you get into the other ones, I think the only one I'm missing is um, uh, the hookup sites, the full hookup sites uh, and the partial, which basically means no cable, which, of course, some people are at Disney World don't want to watch TV, especially if they're, they're camping. Some do. So they offer that option so that uh, you don't have to pay for services that you're not going to be using. So it, it really is 
a wonderful place out there. It's almost, it's, it's a resort within a resort with all the things that you can do out there at the campsites and the campgrounds. And the whole common area at, uh, at Pioneer Hall is a, a great place to hang out as well. And of course, the hoop doo flying chicken bucket show goes on oh, yeah, yeah, out yeah. there, which is extremely popular. And I, I know a lot of people who will go out and uh, and get one of these campsites for a week or two weeks or even longer. For a month, yeah. A, yeah, 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 especially on the holidays. There's, yeah, and it, it, if you are there, especially during Christmas or Halloween, yeah. it, you just walk around through all the loops, and people have decorated their camp spaces, and it's and and they do parades. Um, just the the people who are there, not not Disney, the people, uh, put on their own little parades in the area with pets and kids, and it's um, it really is a cool little atmosphere all within a theme park, and um, I I highly recommend it. As long as I have electricity. <laughs> I am going to do a full show about Fort Wilderness. Uh, I have really come to love that place having gone. And I, and I went two years in a row. I went on Halloween uh, to Fort Wilderness. Uh, unfortunately, I no longer have the, the, the Sleepy Hollow carriage ride, which was awesome. My wife and kids were scared. But I loved the carriage ride. But you're right. The decorations during Halloween and Christmas are phenomenal. You could rent a golf cart and drive around. Pioneer Hall. Hoop-de-doo. Trails End, Crockett's Tavern, the, the, the barn, the, the ponies, the backyard barbecue, the s'mores, the campfire, Chippendale. You can, and I'm going to tell you how, you can spend an entire afternoon and evening at Fort Wilderness, right? A day, out, sort of an evening outside the parks and have the time of your life. I guarantee it's probably something you've never done before and it is a blast. And I will tell you, it is on my Disney bucket list, as long as you're talking about buckets of chicken. It's on my bucket list to <laughs> not, I, I want to stay in the cabins, but I want to do the, I want to do the RV. I want to do the campsite thing, and I want to stay there. I want to have a staycation. Look, it's fi literally, it's like I could walk there <laughs> from my house, but it, I, I want to have a staycation at Fort Wilderness because the one thing I love about that, and we see it a lot, Becky, in uh, a lot of the Disney Vacation Club resorts, there is a mm -hmm. sense of community and family there. Because there are people that they come every year, the same time of year, for weeks and months of time. They almost have sort of a temporary, and I mean this in air quotes, ownership of these locations. Because you know that the Johnson family is always going to be in this loop at this campsite every year. And you can rely on last year during Christmas, somebody had their own miniature version of their Osborne family spectacle of dancing lights with music and trains <laughs> and setups and animatronics. I mean, they go all out. It is, um, if you've never been there, especially during the holidays, Halloween, Christmas, 4th of July, same thing as well, too. It's a blast. It is a blast. It's worth going out there for, that's for sure. I just like tooling around on the golf cart. <laughs> and the chicken. And I, and I will tell you, once again, Bucket the Trails End Buffeteria, best value on property. Best, um, awesome yeah. food, great value, just home-style comfort food. And there's Becky, there's a Crockett's Tavern bar there. And if you're a Disney, I know. If you're a Davy Crockett <laughs> or a Frontierland or Disney World history buff, there's some really, really cool details and props and models and stuff on the wall. All that Davy Crockett and sort of that American folklore. So, again, long answer to a simple question. And they and, make a mean sunken treasure. And out there. there you go, Yahtzee. Just so. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Priorities. Hello. Uh, longtime listener and forum member and good friend, WDW Donna, who's Donna Howitt, and family says, hey, Lou, I'm a longtime lover of Walt Disney World. Been many, many times. I can walk around there in my sleep which is usually not recommended according to Disney policies and procedures. But my family and I are planning our first trip to Disneyland, and I'm feeling like a fish out of water. We've never been to California, and I've been checking around the interwebs to find the right place for us to stay. I know that you've made quote-unquote research trips, and I value your opinion very much. So here's what we're looking for. We want to stay on property. There are four of us, though my girls, 16 and 10, will not, in big bold letters, sleep together. We're looking to go this year. We're going to be flying from Canada for a four-night stay. We're tossing around Disneyland Hotel and Paradise Pier, but not sure which one. Thanks for all your help, Lou. Oh, and if Becky answers too, if she answered this on air. Uh, again, that's from WWE Donner. So, uh, Becky, we love this, right? And I've done a show in the past about why every Walt Disney World fan needs to visit Disneyland. I'm going to revisit that and say why there's even more reasons to go because I have this newfound love of, of Disneyland. But she's basically thinking Disneyland Hotel and Paradise Pier. I know you're thinking Ugh, Grand Californian Concierge, but that's not in the cards, this trip. Wow. For me, <laughs> I say Disneyland Hotel. And I might, yeah. dare I say, there are occasions when I might even say Disneyland Ho Hotel over Grand Californian. And the reason why is because that, to me, screams Disneyland. Like, that screams Old school Disneyland, Walt Disney, magic 50s up to today. Like, I love the Disneyland Hotel and the fireworks on the headboard and the little touches they have in there and since the renovations. I like Disneyland Hotel a lot. And you're going to be really surprised when I say I think I agree with you. What? Um, yeah. Do they have a concierge level there? Of course, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but but that's not the point. The point is that I, I I am I like the Grand Californian. I really do, and I like it for being able to have the access to the the park. Obviously, the the private access into uh, California Adventure is is a big plus for me. But the Disneyland Hotel is not that far of a walk away from, especially if you're going into Disneyland, because you can get that outdoor monorail yeah. um, access right out of. Uh, downtown Disney, which is really convenient and a really cool monorail ride because you go in and it takes you right into Tomorrowland and it's, it's very cool. Um, but the Disneyland hotel for me, because this is like, you have all those, those childhood memories about Disney world. I have all these childhood memories about Disneyland and the Disneyland hotel brings back a lot of that to me, a lot of that nostalgia, a lot of what, um, how it all began type feelings, right? And the major renovations that they've done recently um, with the addition of, like you said, the, uh, the upgrades to the rooms with the fireworks and the headboards and the colors and, um, and then the new pool, the monorail pool, which is incredibly cool to hang out on. And, of course, there's also Trader Sam's, I have to throw in there too, which is a nice, fun place to hang out for everybody. Um, I personally think that the Disneyland Hotel is a, a better option for for this scenario if that's what they're looking for, that nostalgic um, Disney feel. And like you said, uh, when you walk through the hallways, they've got some of the um, uh, some of the uh, uh, memorabilia that you can actually just sink into and spend an hour looking at the walls and the things that are going on there. Um, the one thing that she was pointing out is that uh, they don't want to sleep in the same bed, and that's kind of with Disneyland Hotel and all, all the three hotels kind of get a little interesting there. Um, the 
the Disneyland Hotel, they accommodate the four guests, but usually in two beds. That's kind of how they had that set up. But some rooms have two double beds and a day bed. And that can accommodate the five. So you'll want to ensure that when you make that booking that you make sure to say uh, you want to have the room with the day bed. So you can make sure to get that request in. And then when you check in, make sure to say, I want to make sure that I've got the two double beds and the day bed so that uh, you know that you're getting that room before you lug everything upstairs just to find out you've got one with a double bed. So um, just make that request. Everybody will be happy. The Disneyland Hotel is, is definitely the one that I would go to to it, uh, given the choice of the two. Yeah, and <clears throat> excuse me, that's not to, say, to take anything away from Paradise Pier. I have stayed there. Uh, it, it's still a close walk, but it definitely feels like what it is, which is a, it was a uh, another hotel that Disney eventually bought and sort of put their Disney touches on top. But even when you're talking about like dining options, you've got Goofy's Kitchen and yeah. Steakhouse 55, which we've, yeah, we've really come <laughs> to love over at the Disneyland Hotel. Uh, great pools, great amenities, perfect location. Uh, and I think price-wise, you know, if you're starting to think between things like Grand Californian and Disneyland Hotel, you can probably get a better deal there as well, too, if you're looking to save Sometimes, some money. but let me just throw this out, too, because this is one of those little known facts that you, when you price one, you should always price all three. Because there are times when one isn't as full as one of the others, and it w might surprise you what actually turns out to be the best deal. Um, obviously, the Grand California is usually always going to be on top, but sometimes there's not a lot of difference between the two if, if it's a slow season or a slow time. But between Paradise Pier and Disneyland Hotel, sometimes you might see them reverse where the Disneyland Hotel is actually less. So you really have to do your your due diligence and look at all of the, the available options and all of the available uh, prices to find the best deal and the best situation for your family. But what if I don't feel like doing the due diligence on my own? Can I call Mouse Fan Travel? Can I go to mousefantravel.com and have one of your agents do it for me? That's what we do. <laughs> and yes. Thank you. Thank you for mentioning that little plug. But yeah, that's uh, to work with a, a Disney travel specialist is like Mouse Fan Travel. Um, we definitely do keep our eyes on that type of thing. And when an, an offer comes out that, that may not have been there when you initially booked, we can catch that offer and apply it and sometimes go give you that phone call and say, hey, you were booked at Paradise Pier, but I can get a deal right now that just came out for Disneyland Hotel and we can apply it and you can get uh, you know that location for the same price or lower. So that's... One of the benefits of using a uh, a travel planner like Mouse Fan Travel. There you go. So I want to uh, I want to end this email segment, although we have literally hundreds more to get to, and I promise that we will, because I I think what's happening, Becky, and I know it, it's happened for me. Disneyland was one of those. Yeah, I eventually want to go see it, and then I saw it once and I loved it, and I was like, okay, this is a place I'll go back to every few years or so. Now all of a sudden, Disneyland has definitely been become a place that I look forward to going to at least once a year. Like, I've been toying around with the idea of getting the premier passport. Like, am, am I at that point yet? So yeah, my welcome. question... We have, we have jackets, just saying. <laughs> we have jackets. <laughs> Do you also have, like, a secret decoder ring and, like, a special <laughs> handshake? But I, I, the, the, the thing I want to put out to other people is, because I think we're, we're finding a lot of that out, right? We're finding a lot of sort of cross-pollination cross because the parks, while similar are very dissimilar. So you who is listening, what's the one thing in Disneyland that you have to tell a Walt Disney World veteran or a person that calls Walt Disney World home, what's the one thing that they have to see or they have to do or they have to eat when they go to <laughs> Disneyland? Listen, you laugh. 
I know Cozy exactly cone and corn say. dogs. Yes. You, come on. <laughs> cozy cone. That's that is you live by. by I cozy live cone. by the cozy cone. Um, I love the cozy cone. Cor- Listen, you. I'm a hopeless romantic, as you know. I love dancing in the rain and corn dogs in the garbage can on Main Street, USA, in Disneyland. Yep. What is the one thing you need to do, see, eat, experience at Disneyland if you are a Walt Disney World fan that's going out there for the first time? Come visit the show notes. Visit wdwradio.com. Click on the podcast link. Click on this week's episode, and you can leave your comments in the comments section there. You can also tweet me. I'm at Lou Mangiello on Twitter. Or leave a comment on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Lumangelo. Also be sure and check out mousefantravel.com. You guys always have specials and deals and all kinds of things you're working on there. Whether you're going to Disneyland or World or Cruise or Aulani, right? Just a few weeks away, going out to Aulani. Uh, Wherever you're going in the world, Becky and her agents can definitely help you out. Becky, we have many more emails to cover, many more emails. dining experiences to share so you have to definitely come back on soon we miss having you on oh well i've i've kind of missed being here i think (laughs) (laughs) i hope i hope you um have been seeing your hula because (laughs) there's an expectation i know not of what you speak there shall be Uh no video of the hula i'm doing the jedi mind trick on you (laughs) well yeah yeah, nice try nice this is not the grass skirt you're looking for Oh, just wait. I have plans for you, Luangelo. Revenge like is a usual. dish best served cold. Mm-hmm. You've, you've said that for like six years now. I know. And, I keep and the, the best that you've done is lock me out on my Trek. own. <laughs> the best you've done so far is lock me out on my own balcony. That is the best you've done. Just is wait till New Jersey. Got? Just wait till New Jersey. That all you got, buddy? <laughs> Are you throwing <laughs> down I, the gauntlet? <laughs> really? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have many more years of, of dealing with each other. Yeah. But you know what? I got to say, this is the first time. This was a lot of fun. I, I have never this, Oh, wait. Recorded. This is the first time this has been a lot of fun? No. I was going <laughs> to say, I've, I've never recorded an entire show in the middle of the Haunted Mansion. That's all I'm saying. That's right. Live, live, from, the, uh, live from the stretching room, lightning and all. Yeah. <laughs> For our Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, where I challenge you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World trivia history. See how well you pay attention to the details of what you see, maybe even what you hear, for your chance to enter and win a Disney prize pack. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, we were talking about the American Adventure Pavilion, and I said that there were only two United States presidents in audio-animatronic form that are depicted there during their presidential term. And I only asked you to name one. And so the two presidents who are depicted in audio-animatronic form during their presidential term are Theodore Roosevelt and Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt is seen talking with naturalist John Muir about the beauty of America and Yosemite National Park. Franklin Delano Roosevelt is depicted giving his famous The Only Thing We Have to Fear is Fear Itself speech in 1929. Now, some of you said George Washington, and while he is depicted in audio-animatronic form in the American Adventure, he's depicted crossing the Delaware during the Revolutionary War when he was a general, 
before he was elected president. So congratulations, thanks to all of you, hundreds of you, who got this one correct. Again, you were playing for all of my audio tours of Walt Disney World, a WW Radio luggage tag button, and a signed copy of my Walt Disney World Trivia Book Volume 2. And this week's winner is... Francis DeLucas. So, Francis, congratulations. I'll get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, thanks so much for playing. But don't worry, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So, on the show last week, Ryan Wilson and I were walking through Frontierland, and we briefly touched on one of my favorite dining locations in Walt Disney World, Pecos Bill's Tall Tale Inn and Cafe. And we mentioned how tales were told inside an imagery of American folklore and fake lore. Great details and props that tell the stories of famous event and famous people from American history. And over the fireplace in the Pecos Bill Cafe, near where you place your order at the counter, is a picture of Bill and his beloved horse. What is the name of Pecos Bill's horse? You have until Sunday, June 16th at 11.59 p.m. to send your answers to contest at wdwradio.com. Again, you're playing for all the audio tours, a luggage tag, button, a trivia book, and a mystery ticket. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks again for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. Be sure and come by and visit the website over at wdwradio.com for our daily blog posts, contests, videos, free email newsletter, the free WW Radio app for your iPhone or Android device, our discussion forums, and much more. Also, be sure and join us every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WDW Radio Live, our weekly live video broadcast and interactive chat where you can be part of the conversation and discuss this week's Walt Disney World news. If you have a question you want answered on the air, you can email me at lou at wwradio.com, or if you want to call into the voicemail be heard on the air, you can call 407-900-9391. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at Lou Mangiello, and also it's facebook.com slash Mangiello or facebook.com slash wwradio. And as much as I like connecting with you guys online, nothing beats a handshake and a hug. That's why we have our Meets of the Month in Walt Disney World and other events coming up around the country, including our cruise on the Disney Dream, November 2nd through the 9th, 2013. Our next Meet of the Month is this Saturday, June 15th, from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. over at Disney's Animal Kingdom at the Flame Tree Barbecue lower-level seating area by the water overlooking Expedition Everest. To find out more about any or all these events, visit the events page over at www.radio.com. Thanks again, as always, to my partners and sponsors, Mouse Fan Travel. As you heard, they're my official and recommended travel provider because it's who I use and who you should use if you're going to Disney World, Land, Adventures by Disney, or Disney Cruise Line Vacation. Becky and her team of agents give you the best possible prices, all available discounts, an incredible level of personal attention and service, all at no additional cost to you. And if you want some Disney magic delivered right to your door or your iPhone, iPad, or Android device, visit celebrationspress.com the magazine in print or digital where you can subscribe, order back issues, get a little bit of Disney magic delivered to you every other month. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Come by, share links and comment over on Facebook. And please come by, rate and review the show and the app over at iTunes. Very, very helpful. Very much appreciated. And I want to thank all of you 
not just for taking the time to listen this and every week, but for being such good friends, for being so supportive, and allowing me to share my love of Disney with you every day in so many different ways. I lead a blessed life because of you, and for that I am so grateful. And I want you to do what you love every day, so never, ever quit. You might not realize how close you are to having exactly what it is that you really want. Have patience, have faith, always keep moving forward, and have a great, great week, everybody. So until next time, see ya. Hey, Lou, this is Christian from Florida. Uh, me and my family and some friends, we are about to go on a dream cruise. Uh, we are all very excited. Thought I'd call in, let you know, let all the listeners know. Um, this is a, it's a huge shift, and uh, I, I can't recommend it enough, uh, just how awesome this is and how sweet it is. So, uh I'll let you go, and uh, thanks for taking the call, and um, yeah, have a good day. Hey, Lou, it's Wes Snyder calling from Waterloo, Iowa, on my trip east. Just wanted to say hello, and hope you are doing well. Have a great day. See ya. Hey, Lou, this is Paul House from Montgomery, Alabama, on Main Street, USA, Saturday morning, May 25th at 520.